0: good practice
1: all right welcome back my friends this is i think the fourth installment of this inventory trading long-term buy and hold or sell and hold strategy that sean and i are talking about my name is rob booker and i'm here with sean campbell howdy rob the author of inventory trading available on amazon when did you write that book it's years ago now
0: uh it was on parchment paper um (laughs) i think it was in hieroglyphics and it had to get translated so um No, that was like 2014, so
1: eight years ago-ish. Yeah, it was a while back. It seems like it was just yesterday. Okay, um, we're we're talking about long-term buy and hold, sell and hold strategies. Now, for years in the 2000s, I was invited to speak at a conference in Barcelona held by fxstreet.com, which now that I think about it, probably would be willing to host this podcast as well And I just, I didn't even think about that, but those are uh, our old friends at fxstreet.com would hold a conference in Barcelona. And there was this guy and I, and I just think I just remembered his name. I think his name was Thurston. And I don't know. It's not like Thurston, like he's Thurston for some Kool-Aid or whatever. (laughs) It's not that it's like Thurston with a U, but um, Thurston Howell, wasn't that one? Some rich guy. Yeah,
0: that's what came to my mind.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so he was this uh, Dutch guy or whatever. And he was a student of Dirk Dutois, who wrote bird watching and lion country and for, uh, for so I entered the Forex world in the year 2000. And at that time, Boris Schlossberg, Kathleen and Ashraf Lottie were the only other ones that were sort of publicly talking about Forex. And there were Forex traders all over the world and we didn't invent Forex, but we were sort of, for the first couple of years that we were, and there wasn't blogging back then, we were just writing about the world of Forex and trading or whatever else. There wasn't really anybody else out there. And then all of a sudden, this guy, Dirk Dutrois, like just explodes onto the scene and he writes this scathing indictment of the traditional ways of trading short-term. And he, and he wrote a book and it was, it was called birdwatching and lion country. And he sold it as a downloadable ebook. And it cost like $275. It was some, at the time it was like a, it was an electronic book and it was very expensive. And I resisted this for a long time. I actually thought he was just a just a giant pain in the butt and it it became like an overnight sensation. And he justifiably made a lot of money selling this book. And he, and he also justifiably made a lot of money trading the strategy and he advocated dividing a currency chart, a long-term currency chart into a grid. So, and at the time I think he, and for, if I get any of these details wrong, by the way, I apologize, I all of it's unintentional and all of this is meant to sort of endorse slash recommend this kind of perspective and point of view to, to folks. Uh, I think he, at the time he exclusively traded the Euro and it was fascinating because what he did was he would divide the Euro into a grid. So he would place, you know, a level at a recent low, and if you're watching on the Spotify video podcast or YouTube or whatever else i'm just drawing lines on a weekly euro chart and, and at places where the euro tended to start and stop and halt and i'm just I've, I've moved all my old lines and i'm moving them back and i'm dividing the euro into a grid based on a weekly or a daily chart where price stopped and reversed or just stopped held and then continued and these are levels and I'm a, a massive fan of the statement that all market activity is a financial instrument moving from one level to another. All of it can be reduced to that. We're either on the way to a new level, higher or lower, or bouncing off of a level and returning to a previous one. And there are no exceptions to that. And that's my opinion, but it's a, I, will, I will defend that opinion to the death. Well, Dirk Dutois is this, he wrote this book, Birdwatching at Lion Country. And if you can find the book, I still recommend it and if i can find him i would have him on the show he taught this strategy that you essentially you pick a direction you just pick it and i'm i'm reducing this to a oversimplification and then you trade the euro in that direction with a middle line being the separator at which you know you're wrong quote unquote and so in this example, we would say, for instance, that the euro is in a downward trend long-term on a weekly chart. If you look at the euro, it is it has just been dropping um, significantly ever since May of 2021. It may be recovering a bit, but the trend is is down. So you may choose that you are now going to sell the euro US dollar. And every time it hits a level above, you add to the position because it becomes even more attractive. Like Warren Buffett said, he loves it when a stock that he likes goes down, which sounds counterintuitive, but he wants to get he wants to cost average because he's buying companies, not stocks. Well, the, the same could be said for this strategy. He would cost average. So let's say he decided that the euro was recovering and th- that's a discussion that we've just had about interest rate differentials and whatnot or economies. So let's say that we were buying it every time the euro dips down to one of these long-term levels, we would buy it and then hold it. And eventually, as you have discussed, you eventually have created an inventory of euros, your your average price is low. And when the euro does recover and jumps, you get it, you, you basically have tons of inventory available to dump off and sell when other people want it. You're essentially a market maker you're essentially a market maker you're the other side of the trade that nobody wants in in yeah. so right now as tesla is dropping as we speak and apple is dropping as we speak somebody has to own it like yeah. if there's no if if nobody wants to buy apple it goes to zero somebody's buying it and accumulating it as it drops like somebody's getting stuck quote unquote with apple and you know if you think about it it's you're not really getting stuck with apple it's probably warren exactly. buffett that's yeah. getting stuck with apple like it's it's <laughs> very likely that you know, so anyway, the point is, you do the same with the currency. And yep. and so what, what happened was he started this sort of revolution that lasted for about four years and people just started following this strategy and they would divide a currency into a grid and they would buy it on the dips. And then if it crossed through a level, their trade sizes were so small that it was yep. essentially insignificant to them. But if it jumped and really started moving in the right direction, they were getting these massive, massive payouts. And Thurston, every single year, uh, FX Street would run this competition It had a really significant prize. Like that, like I think it was five or $10,000 was the prize. And it wasn't even close. And so I went to the, I was speaking at the conference one year and I was tired of seeing this guy. And he was just, he was like, he was arrogant and he, you know, he deserved it. He walked the walk and could do whatever. And so he was finally asked like, what's your strategy? And that year Dirk Dutois was speaking at the conference and he said, I owe it all to this man. It was, a, it was the biggest ringing endorsement you ever got of anything. He says, all I'm doing is trading the grid strategy from Dirk, from birdwatching and lion country. And nobody paid attention for the rest of the conference. They waited for Dirk Dutois to speak. And then all he did was just rail against the traditional methods of trading, tell everybody they were idiots and show people the grid and the the people who felt attacked, Sean, they were, they, were, I remember, I could remember being there it was like shouting at him, like traditional educators of currency traders were shouting at him. Hmm. I mean, but what do you, what, what do you think about all this? And that guy just kept winning competitions and whatever else. And it didn't matter.
0: I, I love it. I kind of want to find the book now. Um, <laughs> uh I, Look, inventory trading has turned into effectively a simple grid system. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, there's only two levels that, that get traded on, you know, every, every time the grid gets hit, that's, that's the levels that are traded. And it's, I mean, it's, it's so easy to just, to just break it down like that. And it makes so much sense because like you said, there, there's, Look, there are daily levels, there are weekly levels, there are price levels, there are there are a million different levels that you can choose from. They're all they're all legitimate levels, right? They're all um yeah. places where a lot of trading has taken taken place and they make it they make it a good place to take trades. You just have to have some kind of a preset system because I mean, like, you know, one of the biggest problems that I always have faced in trading is I'm like. A drunken monkey most of the time, right? Like if I if I don't have a, a a strict set of, you know, I'm trading here, I'm trading here, I'm trading here, then I can just I'm really good at pushing buttons, Rob. A, yeah, right.
1: I'm really yeah. good at
0: it. Um, but that's not what makes me money. So, um, yeah, I love the grid system. I mean, it's it just breaks it down and makes it so understandable to say we're gonna trade these levels. This is how we're gonna trade them, and we're going to let it work.
1: It's, it's, you can't find the book. I don't know if you could find the book. You could find websites that describe the book. I don't know where this guy went. I So he was from South Africa and I don't remember where he went or what he did. I do remember that he, he didn't want to be famous yeah. and people, and people got mad at him for that. They, they accused him of lying about that. And I, and I, I think he was actually telling the truth and I remember him being just a generous, happy, easygoing guy that had no stress. I'd never met a short-term trader that didn't appear to be late for a very important meeting, you know, like, like from Alice in Wonderland. And this guy was just absolutely, he could just care less. All the orders were already in the platform. Everything was ready to go. Nothing was left to chance. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. He avid, he advocated never using leverage at all. I think it was no leverage, It may be that he used some leverage, maybe a small amount. Um, Leverage in Forex can get pretty ridiculous. Just everything about it was counterintuitive. And what you did was instead of trying to make a lot of money in a short period of time or a little bit of money every day, you opted for a lot of money at some uncertain time in the future. And it was the uncertainty that bothered people. And it was the lack of activity. There was no job for an educator. There was no job for a guy running a trading room because there was no, there was nothing to do except for wait for it to hit a level. I mean, I think, I think we could start like an inventory trading room. I think we, I think a lot of people could benefit from a weekly conversation about where the levels are and seeing what the account looks like.
0: And there's like, this is a conversation for another day, but there's both in the stock world and the FX world, there's a hedging portion to inventory trading as well, that minimizes your risk and allows you to um, be more active with the portfolio. So yeah, definitely. So so
1: let's kind of preview that. And if we can find, so two things, Uh, one, Sean, I will look for a copy of Birdwatching and Lion Country. I will find it. And then would you see if you can find an email address for Dirk and then email us both, and then I'll look for the book and uh, then, if we can find, and I'll look back in my email as well. I'm I'm sure we corresponded for a while, but this is like 14, 15, 16 years ago. Wow. I would love to have his perspective on things. It would be interesting if, like Benjamin Graham, didn't Benjamin Graham at the end of his life go, you know, basically this doesn't work anymore. This this <laughs> whole thing I came up with, this intelligent investor, I don't remember. Did didn't wasn't there something along those lines? <laughs> I think so. I, I think, think there was so. like a retractment of it. Yeah. And I don't know if he was being uh, held kidding. in North Korea. Co- yeah. Like he was being held in North Korea or I don't know what it was, but um, <laughs> so there, the, the, I remember there being some element to this where the, the currency trading world went through a giant upheaval, like a central yes. bank decision and people yep. who had traded with a lot of leverage, yep. you're going to get rocked on something like this. If you yes. don't have exits and whatnot, however, <laughs> like, I I worked with a guy. I can't remember. I can't remember what he, his name was Adrian. His real name was Adrian, but he had a, he had a screen name in the room. He traded this strategy all the way through the Swiss national banks, unpegging.
0: See, that's incredible.
1: And he rode the whole thing. Like he dropped a thousand pips. He rode that whole thing. I watched in my trading room over the course of 16 months. And he was like, well, okay, now I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he rode that thing all the way through and it didn't bother him because he hadn't, he made a lot of money yes. because he bought the dip when everybody was just screaming and running for the yep. exits. So yeah. uh, let's, when we come back another time, we'll continue this discussion. I love this long-term conversation of long-term trading. This is actually fascinating, but we haven't even, we haven't even touched on a potential robots club, including a robot that can, can kind of do some of this long-term trading stuff. Yep. Uh, we haven't even touched on um, some of the charting th- that you use and some of the analysis that you do. We haven't touched on the, the hedging stuff that you do. So there's a lot to get to my friends and you want to subscribe to the so podcast. Much. And thanks again to our sponsor, IGUS. Uh, when we come back next time, uh, we'll be discussing, maybe the next thing we should discuss is this hedging idea when we come back. Sounds good. All right, bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.